a mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, rush. Sorry, Drive Radio. <laughs> I was reading a tech, an email that somebody sent into the other show, so sorry about that. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service, Larry Unger answering phones, and Steve, or sorry, and uh, Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Steve is from Gino's, of course. Craig had a question on not only the F-150, but you had a comment also on Indy. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, I used to really look forward to watching it, and I think it's lost a little bit of its glamour. I, I don't know about you, but when you had the names Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and like one of your previous callers said, when you had, you know, multiple engine manufacturers, uh, Mercedes-Benz even got into the fray at one point, and their engines were putting out quite a bit more horsepower than the uh, the Chevys and and uh, the other cars that were, were running at that time. And it was, you know, kind of kind of sneaking in that, that Mercedes engine, which for some reason was actually violating some of the uh you know the indycar rules as far as displacement and things like that hmm. but uh, uh again and as a previous caller said you know the they decided that they were going to run all buick engines at one time so everybody was basically right. running the same right engines and trying to you know even the playing field um so that you didn't have one manufacturer being more dominant than right. another and then and then i don't know a lot of the big names retired of course you know uh, there's a bunch of great drivers out there now, but you know I, I don't think people follow it as much. And I don't think you know, they do either. And, and by the way, Craig, I think that's true even for those of us, you know, myself included, that are, you know, car guys that like you, you know, anticipated the day that race would come around, and you'd really kind of even plan your your weekend, your Memorial Day weekend around that race. And Craig, I can tell you that it's been years since I've done that because of a lot of the things you're talking about. And also, you know, I've, I've tried watching Formula One, and I know a lot of people really get into it, but I just, I, I know internationally it's really popular, but I don't know, there, there seems to be a real prima donna uh, elitism. There is. Would that be a good yes. word for it? There is. Formula One. There is. I mean, if you look at even how the Formula One teams... Yeah, and give the guys credit. I'm not, not, not knocking them, but yeah, to your point, it's a, it's a whole nother level... Of racing, I mean, it really is. Let me, let me. I hope this is a good explanation, and I don't step on too many toes. But it's almost like Craig college football, where there's some really good, solid teams. They do well. They're fun to watch, and so on. And I, and I know college football. There's a lot of great rabid fans, and so on. So that's not how I'm comparing this to Indy. But I think when you look at the level of what goes into each. Even how they're paid, how the teams function, how everything works. It's like going from NCAA to the NFL. Oh, yeah. That's really that's really kind of the step up when you look at F1 versus Indy. And I'm not knocking the IndyCar guys because there's a lot of 
technology and things that go into that as well. So I'm not not ditzing those guys by any stretch of the imagination. No more than I would ditz a top end NCAA player team or you know the, the Sabins of the world. I mean, they've done a great job with what they do. But moving up to that next level, it's a whole nother level of everything from you know where they go, how they drive, the way the car is set up, the engines, the teams, the technology, how the car gets transported and shipped, and on down the line we go, Craig. And also, we, we attended one race at uh, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, and that's when they were running the V10 engines. And, I mean, that, that's something everybody needs to experience once. But there was very little change. They're required to make one pit stop. The one pit stop is you're re- required to change your tires to a different rubber compound. And there's no refueling. Uh, there, there's very little, if any, change in order, finishing order. I mean, Basically, it seems like 90% of the time, whoever wins the pole position wins the race. Hmm. And, you know, with the IndyCar racing, my experience was you didn't know who was going to win. Because, like, the Indy 500 being a, uh, as many pit stops are required, as many tire changes are required. I mean, winning the pole was great, but that didn't necessarily assure you of winning the race. And, it, right. you know, you, you, if you followed a particular driver, you felt he had a chance no matter what his right. pole position was. right. Uh, and here's here's a bad thing, Craig, and maybe you're up on this more than I am. I can't even tell you who's racing tomorrow, <laughs> the team or the driver. Well, it, it does take some dedication, just like you know, people following baseball or any mm-hmm. other sports. You, yeah, you but you know, back it. in the day, you knew the guys that were racing, whether you were following it or not. Well, again, I'm, I'm that's where I'm thinking of you know the old the Unters, the Andretis, yep. the Fittipaldis, you yep. know. Um, you know, all, all those teams and, right. and, you know, you didn't necessarily associate a driver with a, who he was driving for, like, oh, so-and-so drove for the target right. car. Or yeah, you didn't, you didn't think car. about that. That's right. That's exactly right. right. You just followed the driver himself. And, and, um, I, I just think, you know, with the technology they have in the Formula One cars, it's basically, they're like driving a video game. In fact, simulators have gotten to the point where these guys practice on simulators true. that are so close to driving the real car that it's like, okay, where is the driver's skill Very true. in being in the real car? And, you know, when drivers used to have to shift, push in a clutch and, mm-hmm. and, sh- and shift, you know, gears. And not anymore. Clutches, not anymore. Nope, not anymore. Only bargain. Yeah, it's all, it's all uh, in fact, the Formula One, I was reading just a little bit earlier about, you know, some of the differences. I mean, even the steering wheel from an Indy car to a Formula One car, one, you know, one is almost not even recognizable as a steering wheel. That'd be the Formula One car, of course. Right, right. I mean, these things are so technologically, to your point, Craig, advanced. And and by the way, again, please, nobody think for a second I'm taking anything away from any of that. Uh, it's that technology and what all of those race teams are doing, NASCAR included, the drag racing at NHRA. I mean, every one of these sports... All of that does feed into what we end up driving on Monday. So, you know, I'm not taking anything away from any of these teams because a lot of that technology still makes it down into what we do on a daily basis, Craig. But it just is what we're getting at is that's the difference between one versus the other. And I think why, yeah, again, I think Indy's got a long way to go. And and I think to his credit, you know, uh, Roger Penske will – Knowing him, he will get things back on track. How many years will it take him to do so? I don't know, but I guarantee you he's got a plan. That's, he doesn't do anything without one. And I never followed NASCAR much, but when they politicized it and it became a Black Lives Matter issue, Dumb. that was it. And you know what? And, I, and, you know they're, what? and they're getting hurt in their world just like the NBA did. 
They are very, very much so. And and the whole thing that initially started that I won't get into the whole story, but it was about a a, a rope pull in a garage door. That yeah, was, that was uh, yeah, exactly. That wasn't mistaken, anything what they thought it was. Mistaken for a noose. When every every garage in the facility had that same rope pull to pull down the door with. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, Craig, appreciate it very much. Always enjoy talking to you. Have a great weekend. And let's go to Steve in Colorado Springs. Steve, go ahead. You got a comment on that air crash as well. You knew you would hit my button with that thing because I've always figured since age 15, you get one meter for lifetime. And the fact, you've probably seen pictures of that Metroliner. That mm-hmm. guy flies every, every day mm-hmm. for key lime, flying biomed stuff. And the structure was gone yeah. from about the trailing edge all the way to the top. The only thing holding that thing on was a little bit of ribs and spars underneath and the control cables. Unbelievable. Number two, the fact that everybody, all three, walked away is stunning. And number three, the Cirrus is the only airplane I know of that has a ballistic recovery parachute. Right. And the problem is it's a pretty high-performance airplane. It'll do 210 knots with, like, 220 miles an hour Mm -hmm. up high, Mm -hmm. the turbo version. And even though Cirrus has a 15-hour mandatory training course on both new and used aircraft. You still have guys, in fact, I was flying with a guy two weeks ago that has one, and I said, you know, unless you want to disappoint your wife, your insurance company, and yourself, you need to get out and fly this thing every week. Right. But anyway, the sidebar to that, about three days after that, they had a gentleman on the Denver News, 17-year-old student pilot for solo. And by the way, he was there. He was supposed to follow that Cirrus 216 Sprite. Mm. So he witnessed this whole thing. I'm here to tell you, you know, a lot of pilots, they may forget where they, where and who they lost their virginity to, but they never forget the first solo because the instructor gets out and says, give me, you know, three takeoffs and landings. But this guy is going to have an indelible memory of his first solo. <laughs> yeah, good point. No, you're right. Good. He'll never forget it, will he? Have a good one. Hey, you too, Steve. I appreciate it very much. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. Tom and Mike, hang tight. We'll come right back to you guys. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no-surprises insurance agent. 
Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thank you guys very much for listening today. We do appreciate it. Tom in Lakewood, you're next, sir. Hello, Tom. Hello. Uh, I got to thinking about the Indy, and I, I got up and paying attention to it even before we had TV in Denver. And the thing that bothers me the most about it and the stock car racing is so much of it is drafting mm-hmm. and uh, control. Mm-hmm. And... I know that the driver is super important. I mean, nobody in their right mind can go through 230, 40 miles an hour by the wall. But, uh, God, it just seems as though they ought to put a spoiler on the back of those cars so that they don't have that drafting or pulling capability. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and again, with NASCAR especially, and Tom, you're you're preaching the choir because I'm with you on that. I, I I've always said that they need to... Well, first of all, I think NASCAR needs a complete revamp of how they're doing things, and I think NASCAR should go the same uh, realm that you know a lot of the professional teams have when it comes to whether it be hockey or baseball or football, where you know teams own maybe maybe they allow one team to own four cars or five cars or six cars or whatever you do. So instead of having you know 32 cars and you know one guy might own two or three teams and might have a single team and you might have another guy with 16 rather than doing it that way Tom make it equal make everybody have the same ownership when it comes to a particular team and how many cars you get and then I would change it to where you're doing exactly what you just talked about to where no longer are we going to you know do the things we're doing the restrictor plates go away you might want to reduce of course you know cubic inches and things along those lines but basically get back to where it's the driver and the team with the best technology and the best playbook wins. Yeah, I think uh, all the science is kind of hurting a lot of that, a lot of the fun that was in it. Well, what they've done uh, is they've, you know, Tom, let's face it, we've taken the same thing that we've done in, and I'm not getting off on a tangent. This does have a lot to do with cars, folks, so, so bear with me. But we're doing the same thing, Tom, we've done educationally where everybody wins, everybody gets a prize. We've now applied that to NASCAR where every car is the same. Every, you know, everything down to the restrictor plate and so on is so equal that these guys have no choice but to draft and do the things you just said because otherwise there's no way to win. Stupid. Yeah, sure is. It's dumb. And, and by I the way, that's what, not racing. Not my book. No, not either. And I wonder what the electric motor is going to do. That's going to be interesting over the next 10, 15 years. It is. You, you, you are right about that. And, and where is it going? I will tell you my answer is depends on battery. The battery side of it right now, everything else we've pretty well got figured out, Tom. I will say that you know the majority of manufacturers have got the rest of this stuff dialed in. It's still the battery technology, and, and that's the area that we're still the weakest in and just don't have quite figured out yet. Yeah, 
Well, the torque of that electric engine is really going to make a lot of difference. Oh, you in bet. Racing. Oh, you darn right it will. It's going to matter that much on top end, but it will the rest. It will everything else. You're correct. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, very much. I appreciate it. Mike in Aurora is next. Mike, what's going on, sir? Yeah, sorry to call back. Again. No, you're fine. No, you're always welcome to. Not a problem at all. Yeah, so many car questions. Uh, when you're detailing, uh, fine, uh, finish polishing your car, uh, they used to say not to use a orbital polisher because I guess they just moved in one direction. They could leave swirl marks. Uh, but I guess the newer ones go back and forth. Correct. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's the only way to do one in today's world. If you want to cut the the finish and, and really you know get some oxidation, which we don't hardly have anymore, but if there's some imperfections and things like that where you're really needing to get the polish up, you know, say, for example, right. you wet sand the finish and you really need to bring the shine back up, yes, you would want to use a regular old-fashioned buffer where if you know what you're doing, you bring the shine up and so on. But after that and once that initial cut is done, you're going to go back into the, you know, the, the, I think actually they're called orbital now. So we, I think we have that backwards, a regular spinning type uh, buffer, just a regular old fashioned buffer is what you're going to cut with. And you're going to go to the orbital to finish with the dual, the dual action okay. orbitals. I used a clay bar on, on my car once and it took all the wax off and it looked terrible. Yep. And I just never, I swore I'd never do it again. What, what, the Only way to go. That. If you if you want to if you want to really and yes, I was right. So we do call them now orbital buffers. That's what you actually want to use, where you got the dual rotation. Um, the the clay bars are what you want to use to get all of the surface grit, grime, imperfections, the little bumps that can get onto the paint and so on. If you're really going to go through and get the paint finish where you want it to be, you clay bar it first. You get well first. You wash it, get all the grime and junk off, then clay bar it, then go through your finished product and putting your wax and everything back on. That's the that's the correct way to do it. Gives so you a good base to work. That's with. correct. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you end up just putting, you know, either if you're going to polish, you end up just polishing some of what's there back into the paint, which we don't want to do. And then to to you know to Steve's point, you just end up you know pushing the grime and junk back into the paint, even if you're just going to hand wax it. That's where the clay bar gets rid of all that stuff first. Yeah, it's kind of a fascinating for me. I noticed a, a chemical guys offer, offers a school, and I always thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, with uh, if they make a worthwhile business, but with people, young people, not so interested in cars anymore. I don't know. Well, you know, there's there's some money to be made in the detailing end of things, and there is a vast difference between a good detailer and a bad detailer. But I will, I will just say it straight up: uh, that is a very hard business to make a lot of money in. It's not that you can't do it because there are guys out there doing it. I'm not knocking or taking anything away from the guys that are good, solid car detailers. But for the amount of time and effort, I mean, think about this, Mike. For the, on average. You can pretty much in this town go almost anywhere you want, spend 150 bucks, and get a really nice, good, detailed job when it's all said and done. Maybe as much as 200 But keep in mind, that person is probably going to show up at 8 and not leave till 2 or 3 in the afternoon to make 150 bucks. Do the math. Tell me that's worth doing. No. <laughs> it's Especially not. When you, you know, yeah, if there's two or more of you. Yeah. Now, if you have got a way to, you know, to your point, assembly line that, make it go faster and so on. And, and I know there's some folks out there that do a, a uh, you know, there, there's, there's some niche things that some of these detailers do where there's the ability to make more money, where they're going in and even doing some small repairs. And they're, they're 
you know, they are uh, resetting, I guess you could say, the paint to where they're really getting things back in line. And in that case, they're probably four or $500 for a detail. Yeah, in that case, I think some of those folks were making money. But some of these guys are just running around doing a $150 detail and spending four or five hours doing it. I just don't see how the money's there. Well, yeah, not in Denver. Maybe in uh, Miami, Las Vegas. Yeah, you start talking or... some of the exotics where a guy has no problem spending 500 bucks to have his car detailed. Yeah, you can make some money doing that. Yeah, you'd have to move. <laughs> it's a lot of work for a little return. <laughs> it is, and, and, we, and unfortunately, and, and this is, again, it's Colorado. I mean, I don't care what part of this state we go to. There are a few places where you may actually see a high-end vehicle driving around, you know, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something like that. But, yeah, this isn't Miami where you see them every other car, Mike. Yeah, yeah a Highlands Ranch or DTC maybe, or uh, Cherry Hills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may see a few yeah. there, but yeah, I mean, all, you know, by and large, you just don't see, I mean, you just don't see those cars floating around. I mean, you know, I've got a, you know, I, you all know I have a Viper that I own, and when I take that car out, I mean, I'm liable to be one of, if not the only Viper on the road at that given time, because you're just not seeing any of those types of cars out driving around. They don't exist. I got an idea. Move to Saudi Arabia. Oh, man, they're everywhere there. Uh, the, yeah, Emirates, the Emirates is actually where the most are. The most exotic cars, really? I think, per capita is, is Emirates. Palm Springs has a lot of... Uh, yes, they do. A lot of exotic well, cars. And again, because of... Let's think about it this way, too, Mike. You get into some of the warmer climates where you've got the ability to drive year-round and so on. That changes the picture a lot. I mean, I'm in a world with even my cars where you know, I've got some cars where you're late... You're, yeah. I might be able to drive, and I know we have nice days in the winter and so on, but we still have crap on the road and so on that I will not take some of my cars out on in the winter. So you're down to a three- to four-month window to drive some of the cars I own in our area here. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> you must have a garage like Jay Leno. <laughs> oh, I wish. No, mine's not quite like that, but uh, I would love to have what Jay Leno. I mean, Jay Leno is the epitome of what everybody wants when you know you start collecting cars by all means he, he he's he's the king and by the way jay's done yeah. a really great job on i'll give that guy credit he, he's done you know, whether you like him or not he's done a lot of good things for the industry in reviving some cars that probably otherwise would not have been revived he's kept some cars on the road that probably would have vanished i mean he has really done and and, and we owe him a lot of credit he has done a lot of things for the automotive world in that in that area that I don't think, Mike, anybody else would be willing to do. Yeah, or if you're like uh, Jerry Seinfeld and you can afford it, you know, buy two floors in a high-rise building in New York and fill them up with your Porsche 911s. Yeah, and, you know, and that's, and that's great, too, because, he, you know, he's saving some cars also. But the thing Jay does, as you guys all know, I mean, he's got his own shop of fabricators even where – they get a car in there where they've got to get the thing back on the road, and all of his cars are drivable. You know, they all run and are drivable. He's got an entire machine shop, and, and he's got the ability to even build parts for cars that, again, he's doing things for the industry that, quite frankly, no one else has the ability to do. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the, or saw that story. Seinfeld was getting sued by uh, some guy. He sold a rare 1950s 911 to, and uh, the guy claimed it was uh, a phony that the uh, the engine tag had been changed. I read some of that, and I don't know how much that's really true or not, Mike. I'll be honest. I don't. I, I didn't follow it closely enough, but I it looks yeah. to me like there's a lot of hearsay in that one. So who knows? I mean, when you're when you're of the stature of a Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld, somebody's suing you all the time. Yeah, They're probably always in court. Yeah, you you, you got an you got an attorney on yeah, retainer but, all the time, yeah. no matter what. Or like Trump, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. You, that, somebody's going after you all the time. 
So, anyways, Mike, right. good stuff. Great questions, right. by the way. I appreciate it very much. Let's get Conrad in real quick. Conrad, what's going on, sir? Hey, John. Uh, one question, real quick, before I get to my yeah, main question. Leno's still a Democrat, though, isn't he? Uh, you know what? I don't know what his affiliation is. I would be shocked if he's not an independent. Well, that'd be fine if he's that, just so he's not a Democrat. Anyway, <laughs> get on to the main question here. I got my, you know, my F one fifty that I love so much. That, but you, you were talking about the parking gear problems. I've tried. It's got disc brakes all the way around, mm-hmm. and we've got a, a, a steep driveway here at our house, in Evergreen. And sometimes I have to park it on there, and you try to set that brake, and it won't hold. You know, I've had the brakes done mm-hmm. on it, and I don't know what it's got. I, I, we had a Duramax pickup did the same thing. The, the, the parking brake didn't ever hold worth it crap on it so i'm wondering what you might suggest i so, can do about this what, what kind of car is it again the f-150 f-150 2010 four, four-wheel drive i'm pretty sure that has the little shoes inside the rotors it, it's a little bit of an adjustment there and obviously i make think it, it does the, have those yeah i think it yeah. does have those i'm pretty sure yeah and, and they are they do have adjusters in there and they need to be adjusted occasionally there's a little hole okay. that's in the front of the rotor that you can go in there and adjust and make it a little tighter obviously you don't want to make them too tight because you want them dragging but I'm going to do that myself. I'm going to pull the wheel off and just the and mess with it until I get it where not hardly any drag on it when yes. it's released. Yeah, and then okay. yeah, then that would help the most. And obviously, then your cables okay. need to be worked and and make sure that they're not freezing up and that kind of thing too. But and right. the actuators and all that are working properly. But, but generally, you know, it's I, just I the shoes. You know, I, I knew those claws were very very flimsy too because I've had an old Chevy pickup and one got broke on that. But you know, I, I really wouldn't want that to be the only thing that's holding that. Vehicle yeah. up on a driveway, you know. Right, right. Yeah, you know the good parking stop block is probably not a bad thing to have around. So, okay. You know they're they're cheap. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you know that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll take her over to Extreme there and, and see if they. Yes. Or maybe I'll try to do it myself. You know, oh, great idea. No, that's a good idea. All right, all right. Great show, guys. Thanks, uh, Conrad. Yeah. Appreciate it very much. Craig, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM 720-895-0500 where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. 
Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath, Geno's Auto Service over in Littleton with me today. Craig in Wheat Ridge is next. Craig, what's going on, sir? Hey, John. Uh, real quick, would you allow me to read a paragraph from a, a Motor Trend article about the condition of our roads? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, it, yeah it this was, is a day where, you know, we, yeah, you name it, do it. Go for it. We're fine. Okay. I'm, uh, it wouldn't do me justice to try to, you know, paraphrase it. But it's talking about, you know, how we're always complaining about the condition of our roads. And this article, I'll read this one paragraph. How did we let things get so bad? The simple answer is because we haven't really valued what previous generations of Americans bought and paid for. Hmm. We've taken the roads and bridges they built for for granted, happily enjoying the benefits while often, all too often skimping on essential maintenance. And now, as those roads and bridges are wearing out, we're complaining about the repair cost. Hmm. People who survived a depression, a world war, and were determined to build a better, brighter future, would likely be shocked and dismayed at our cavalier treatment of their legacy. I couldn't say that any better. I think I that like is that. exactly right. The, whoever wrote that is spot on. It's exactly yeah, what's I, I, happened. We, we, we didn't sacrifice. We didn't build it. And we've, we've you know, basically ran off those coattails for this entire time. We've spent money in areas we shouldn't have. And now we're all wondering why it's crumbling around us. Right. I, like I said, I couldn't have said it any better. It's exactly what's happened. Yeah, if anybody's interested in it's the uh, current newsstand issue of Motor Trend. It's a special issue dated July 2021. Whoever wrote the, that was right on the money. And and by the way, yeah, I, uh, I'm surprised that's coming out of Motor Trend. Just to be honest. Yeah, contributor. The the writer's name is Angus McKenzie, and uh, he goes into great a lot more detail and and uh, goes into the gas taxes and, and the whole thing. But it's it's well worth. You know, reading, but I thought that really hit the nail on the head. What yeah. you said right there. I always—that's yeah. what I always wonder—is where's you know, there, I don't know how much. What is it? About twenty cents or twenty-five cents of our gas is 
is going to our roads. I mean, that's you know, that's that's billions. And yes. where does that go? <laughs> and, and, and great question. And our bridges and well, such. He, he said that federal tax is eighteen point four cents a gallon on gasoline and twenty four point four cents a gallon on diesel. That goes to the highway trust fund to help. Mm for their cost of maintenance and of course that would probably be the the interstate highway system and the, correct the, you know the and then each state has their own gas tax colorado i believe ours is around well i'm looking at it it's 22 cents for gas and it's 20.5 so it's 20 dollars and 50 or, sorry 20.5 cents for diesel and I understand they're wanting to raise it, but not necessarily to repair the roads. Do other no, you know, yeah, that's a great again, that's a great port, topic. Port no, they they want to put in a bill that would uh, basically put fees because they can't call them taxes because of Tabor, but they're going to put fees, and they will raise that on all sorts of things from not only registration but gas and so on, and every Uber ride you take and so on. They're going to put a fee on that. And yeah, no, to your point, Craig, it's not, despite what these Colorado politicians will tell you, it's not going to fix our roads and bridges. Right. I mean, the interstate, you know, 70 tunnel project, that's, again, an achievement, but, you know, that's a lot of money going into one project, and they probably could have built it a little more frugally, yes. I want to put it, yes. making it a tunnel, and spent some of that money in other places. And I know the I-25 corridor project between Denver and the Springs is, or Castle Rock in the Springs has has been you know long long due needed. Yes, but it seems like every project we get, once it's completed, we've outgrown it because yeah. of the yeah. number yes. of people moving here. Yes, isn't that the most interesting thing? Yeah, and I've had I had a conversation yesterday with a listener on the other show where, you know, we debated back and forth about you know this particular person's view is no, we don't need any more lane miles. We need to do more with you know mass transit and trains and you know, just however we can get more people off of the roads. And the reality is, no, that's not going to work. We've tried that. You can look at RTD's ridership right now, and they are they have got killed, of course, during COVID, but they were getting killed prior to that. So don't anybody think for one second that RTD's budget got, you know, out of whack because of COVID. It was out of whack prior to that because, Craig, the reality is for the amount of money they spend versus the amount of riders versus the amount that we subsidize them through sales tax, they still can't balance the budget. Well, you know, with with the, the advent of COVID and, and people working remotely and not as many people, my wife knows it in the parking garages downtown. They have picked up a little bit in terms of the number of vehicles parked in the parking garages, but it's still nowhere near at the levels that it was pre-COVID. No. Nope. And a lot of people are now working remotely, and all of those light rail projects that we spent billions, and I mean billions on, I would like to know how much their ridership is down. I, I don't ride the light rail, but I would like to know oh, how It's down, I think, I'll, I'll double-check. You know what, I can double-check and even bring some of that stuff back next week on, on the Daily Show, because I was going to do some of this anyways, just to really kind of talk about this, since I had a listener, you know, talking about it and asking about it and so on. I thought I would cover some of those things, but... No, our, the, the ridership in RTD is way down. And I will tell you, my, and my prediction, uh, even a couple of years ago, and I'm still going to stick by it, as automobiles become automated, RTD is done. Mm. I mean that sincerely. The trains will have to still exist because we don't have any choice because of the federal funding and stuff that's there and the requirements of. But when people realize they can go from A to B and not have to hop on a bus and do it for roughly the same price or less and yet have that convenience, Craig, the bus is gone. It's history. 
And and I think we've mentioned it before that that line between Boulder and Denver is still going to be constructed, even though there's probably no demand for it or very little demand. For and it. I'll, I'll be the one, even though I've lived up there for many, many years and have businesses and so on. Uh, I will tell you that even though they've been collecting all that money for all this time, go do something else with it, because that's a total waste of money to go put that line in. Right. It, it just it'll it will never get used to its potential again once automated driving comes to fruition and it will it's a matter of time but it will we've talked about that you know at depth here on the program it will come and when it does it will become more convenient for people to use that than it will be for them to hop on a train or get on a bus and so RTD if you're listening anybody there that's a director is listening please please listen to what I'm saying you need to figure out how you're either going to have a fleet of those yourself or how you're going to get rid of all your buses and save us as taxpayers money because nobody's going to be riding them when that happens. Not going to happen. Have you noticed the little rideshare uh, smart cars have kind of disappeared? Yep. That was all the rage. Those things were parked everywhere, and everybody was using those, and I, I have not seen those. I think that, that was pre-Uber. Yeah, what, what's going to happen, Craig, too, on the automated driving end of it is when – People realize that they can either A, buy a car or just hop in one and go from A to B. But let's say you and I and Steve own 10 cars between the three of us or 20. And we realize that we can have those cars for the most part on the road 18 out of 24 hours a day and be making money with those vehicles. Uh, Again, and the need for somebody to even own a personal vehicle, depending upon what they're looking to do. Even if they own two or three now, they'll get down to maybe one they need to go take a long distance trip in. But other than that, they won't own a car. They won't need to. But we'll own 10. Yeah. Well, yeah, those of us that appreciate, you know, the car itself. Right. It's, you know. And, and, and here's the other thing that, again, most of the folks on the left and even RTD and stuff don't understand is when what I just said happens and more than one person can hop in that car and go point to point, which is what will happen, you won't have as many vehicles on the road because you won't need them because you'll have more people in you know, in other words, you won't have so many one-person cars when that does take place. Well, you know, part of it, I still feel it's, again, trying to force us into mass transit. Colorado is a state where a lot of people recreate. Yep. You, you take, you tow your boat, you tow your motorcycle, yep. you tow your flip wheel, your camper. And those are not going to end, by the way. I, Craig, I don't see that ending anytime soon, even if automated or when automated driving comes around. That's still not going to end. That'll still be there. But, you know, it would be nice to have good roads to yes. drive these on. Yes. Yes. Fully agree. I can't argue that. Craig, I'll let you go. Good stuff. I got a couple calls coming in. Prior to that, though, I got to get a review done real quick because I've been meaning to do this anyways. I had an opportunity, thank you, BMW, to drive a 2021 BMW 330e Sedan, and some of you are asking, what is a 330e sedan? A 330e sedan is their plug-in hybrid sedan. And I didn't know, by the way, they really even made this vehicle. Uh, I will tell you, though, shocked. Shocked. I don't know any other way to say it other than that. Uh, Shocked at how well the vehicle performed. I drove the vehicle all the way up to the mountains and back. And I tell you what, this thing just works like a champ. Uh, Coming down the mountain, the regenerative braking, uh, you know, the ability to get, you know, 
gosh, I, my my fuel economy, uh, I was averaging far above 30 miles to the gallon uh, if you combine everything together. And if I did things correctly and plugged in at night and so on, I was getting far, far, far above that uh, because it will do electric only. All of the features on this car, uh, the wireless car play, uh, the interior is gorgeous. The rear seat uh, capacity, I had a passenger back there even, and the rear seat capacity, uh, you know, room, leg room and so on absolutely outstanding about the only negative i guess i had on this car is because the batteries are in the back the trunk floor is a little higher than what you would typically find in a regular you know 330 so your trunk space is a little bit reduced outside of that bmw you did a fabulous job this car uh, it just performs it works it's fast it's quiet it's comfortable uh it is and i will say it there's a reason why they say it's the ultimate driving machine and in this particular case, I would second that. It's a great vehicle. If you're in the market for anything along those lines, and even just a 330 sedan in general, just a great vehicle, by the way. They make it in an all-wheel drive version for our, our roads here in Colorado in the wintertime as well. But this particular vehicle, the 330E sedan that I drove, it was an absolutely fabulous vehicle. And list price on this one, I've got it in front of me, right around $58,000. And you get a lot of car for that money, folks, I'm telling you. So if you get a chance, go check that out at your local BMW dealer. If you do, let them know that uh, myself, John Rush, sent you from Drive Radio. All right, let's take a quick break. Tony in Longmont, John in Denver, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back, finish out our last segment, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. 
Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service. Scott Wally walked in here a moment ago. We'll get to Sportsman of Colorado and what's coming up next here in just one moment. But Tony and Longmont, you are next. What's going on, Tony? Yes, sir. Uh, hello again. I, uh, uh, I had a question on my 97 Chevy pickup, but before I get to that, I wanted to let you know that I called you once before uh, on a variable valve timing code that I had on my old Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and uh, you, got, you guys recommended the uh, engine flush. Uh, on that, the oil change yes. engine flush, and I want you to know that that worked out. Awesome. Um, that helped. That helped fix that code. Awesome. Um, yeah. So what so I want to know. Want to say thanks for that. No, I appreciate yeah. that. No, I yeah. remember the phone call. So no, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. Yeah, the old cars has no code and it's got four hundred sixty-seven thousand. Nice. 67, nice. On so right we're, on. We're going good. Right on. So my que- All right. So my question on my '97 Chevy. Uh, it's got the, uh, it's a K1500, got the 4.3 liter Vortec engine in it. I've got 83,000 miles on a second engine in the truck. It's been put in by a reputable firm and it's a, um, you know, it's a good engine. It was a remanufactured engine. Um, about 50,000 miles of the 83,000, I've driven it on long commutes, straight line distances, and I've taken really good care of the truck. That said, about 2,000 miles ago, I went from, oh, I'd say a quarter of a quart consumption every 1,000 miles, roughly, to all of a sudden, she's drinking like two quarts of oil every 1,000 miles. That's not good. Uh, no, no, yeah, no smoking on the engine uh, at all. I haven't pulled my plugs yet. Uh, to look at those, and I'm going to do that. But that said, you know, what do you think might be wrong as, other than the obvious, or what's the next step you recommend? I would go ahead and do an engine flush just like we tried on the other one. Now, two different vehicles, two totally different things we're trying to fix, and what we're trying to do here is if we've got any gumming of the oil ring, which we may, all we're trying to do, Tony, is loosen that up with that same process you used on the other vehicle. That's all we're going to try to do. It's an easy thing to try. You're not spending much money to do it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, we're out about 15 bucks. Yeah. Maybe follow it up with the MOA. Yeah. Yeah. And do and do the MOA as do well. So, you know, maybe 30 bucks total. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. But then if that doesn't work, then next up, obviously I'm going to pull the plugs this weekend. Yeah. Like next, said, next, but... next thing we got to do is figure out where is the oil actually coming from? Is it rings? Is it guides? I mean, it's one of those two places typically on a Chevy that it's coming from. And you'd have to determine where. And, and and the reason why we don't see smoke like we used to in the old days is the catalytic converters are good enough now to where they're burning the majority of that up before it ever gets out the tailpipe. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, because the oil pressure on the truck, the truck is still as good as it's ever been. So there's no issue with the pressure at all. So, 
All right. Well, that sounds good. I'll go to the next step. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we're not out of anything. If that doesn't work, you know, we're back to square one. But at least if it does, hey, we've, we've made some progress. And then at that point, if this does work, start doing that about every other oil change. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. I hope it works because I, I really like the engine. It's been super reliable. Like I got 280000 on the, the first 4.3. Nice. So, you know, yeah, it's not it's not an issue unless this is a ring or something. And then I got to decide whether I'm yes. obviously I have to change that engine out. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Or at this point in time with the way that the truck market is, sell it and go buy something else. Well, the, <laughs> I listened to you guys talk about that, and I think that that idea might be coming up in my head if um, that's what I'm looking at. I tell you what, so. you're going to get top dollar right now that you probably won't any. I mean, honestly, it's top dollar right now. There's none out there. I mean, Scott's over here shaking his head because there just isn't any trucks on the market, period. I don't care what age. All right, very so. good. Well, I'll keep that in mind. All right, All Tony. Right, great, thanks. Guys. Appreciate it very much. Let's go to John in Denver, who probably your last call today. John, what's going on, sir? Hi, John. I'm uh, doing a water pump and timing cover job on my 84 F-150 302 V8. Okay. want to know, which, which Permatex do I use? Face of block to timing cover. Aviation form a gasket I- on both sides of the gasket. No kidding. Okay. The That's all brown, I would use. You, you don't want to use silicone. You don't want to use any other. A lot of guys will tell you, use the glue, glue the gasket on. Yeah, just use the use the, the aviation, uh, you know, form a gasket material. Uh, it, it works the best for what you're doing there, I think. Uh, Steve's over here shake, laughing and shaking his head because it really it, does it, work. It, it is, a, and it also it is a uh, potato, potato. Everybody has their own thing, but... That has been a tried and true thing. We were using that back in the eighties. So, well, and that, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, and when you said eighty four, it's like, yeah, okay, it worked back then. It'll still work now. Yeah, it's good stuff. You bet. All right, thanks, guys. You're very welcome, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's a no no for all of you listening. We do not want silicone, you know, getting into a cooling system, things like that, because just a little chunk comes off. It gets stuck in a fin, a radiator. Uh, you know, things along those lines, and, and it just becomes more of a problem. So no, and, and by the way, it won't seal it most cases anyway yeah. so scott what's going on sir hey bud how are you guys doing? i'm good what's Man, up a beautiful morning and, but yeah what happened the clouds are rolling. you arrived <laughs> i did Thanks. the clouds came just absolutely <laughs> so guys how's this whole industry i mean you look at a lot of industries you know uh, as far as uh guns ammo uh automotive appliances how long, oh, p- dude I'm you can't thinking. buy an appliance right now no we just had a gentleman kurt rogers and i don Hanson, uh the other day uh full house construction and literally it is un- i mean six nine months maybe uh-huh. for appliances i know uh you're yes yeah i've said this all along i'll say it again here on drive radio if you're looking to do anything 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 mm-hmm. if you're a shop owner business owner you're looking to upgrade some equipment do anything along those lines and you're going to try to even get that on this year's taxes by the way if you're looking to do anything at all you better think about getting yeah. your order in now because you may not see it by the end of the year if you don't and i am dead serious in what i'm saying and he, Don even said it's really hard in bidding, you know, because they can't say this bid's good for 30 days. No, because you don't know. I mean, prices are changing That's right, daily. daily. Yes. So it's almost like yes. a cost plus deal, you know. Yeah, and when it comes to vehicles, folks, I'm telling you right now, if you, if you can, you know, if you've got the ability, especially on the truck side of the fence, where what you're driving today, if you've got the ability to make it through the summer and not drive the truck you have and order a new truck and get out of what you've got in your truck now and get top dollar and order a new truck at, say, invoice or so, and somebody will do that for you, take it. Yep. Run. Because you, you you're not going to find that deal right. on down the road. This, you know, this is one of those deals where if you can make it happen, make it happen. No, absolutely. 
So do it. Right. What's going on on sports? Real quick, we got Austin Park coming up. Austin's going to give us our uh, weekend fishing report here around the state, and then we've got Aaron. There's a lot of people out doing this Man. weekend, probably. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. good. And then Aaron Casey, uh, Arapahoe County Fairgrounds, having a gun show. Nice uh, today and tomorrow. So uh, Aaron Casey's going to be checking in with us from there. Our guys from Tacticam with our cameras. And then also ATN, and uh, we're going to be talking about night vision, thermal optics, um, range finders. Well, that stuff's have. come a long way, Trail. hasn't it? Oh, man. From what it was. I mean, at one time, only Dude. the military could get that yeah. stuff. Dude, I'm telling now, you, it's unbelievable it really now is. what you can see. And it was the first time I'd done it this last um, December. Uh, we went over to Lone Star Hunts and uh, Hunting Hogs, and that was my first time to actually be out at night and just th- you can't see your hand in front of your face uh, but you can see everything yeah. else and then all of a sudden you throw an optic up there and all of a sudden you know there's deer i mean there's so much wildlife wow. that's out there that you literally can't see and man i mean it is so fun the night hunting is just a whole different dynamic you know yeah i can imagine and, uh, yeah so it's a lot of fun. yeah and again that's where the technology has really uh stepped up i guess i sure. could say but no and scott was over you know one chevrolet dealers over at lynn lyle mm-hmm. earlier today and and i mean i feel bad for a lot of these dealers because they're just there's no inventory for these guys to right. sell it's tough. Uh, some of the you know i've noticed some of the korean car makers hyundai kia they've got a little bit of inventory but i read an article yesterday for everybody listening this is you know very car related because i read yesterday that the majority of dealers across the country say that if they do not start getting some cars to be you know start rolling in off the transport truck they will all be out of cars by July. Folks, that's four weeks. Yeah. That's that's not that's <laughs> less than thirty you know, that's a thirty day or less supply sure. for a lot of these dealers and that's not gonna cut it. So again, if you're looking to buy a car or you're thinking along those lines whatsoever, you need to really be thinking long term right now. What am I going to do? Do I order? You know, how do I make this like, happen? You're not just yeah. going to go down and buy and one. Like, a, like you said, I mean, if you've got a car, man, you're not using it, it's a decent car. I'm telling you. They, they will write you a check for that car. You don't even have to buy anything, no, okay? Just drive I mean, it in. I'm telling you. Yeah, are. no, it, it has gotten to that point right now where if you've got that ability, and a lot of you truck guys where, you know, you may be using a truck all winter long, but you don't do much with it in the summertime. If you've got the ability to give that up for the summer months, order a new truck, get delivery in, you know, sometime in October, and you've got the ability to do so, I would highly suggest you get that done now and make it happen. Otherwise, it's yeah, not going to. So. Absolutely. All right, Sportsman the Colorado guys is coming up next, so don't go anywhere. After that, it's shooting the breeze. Larry Unger, thanks as always. I appreciate it. Charlie Grimes also, and Steve Horvath, of course, Gino's Auto Service. Guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget Memorial Day, that particular day itself. Remember the, the sacrifices, the men and women that went before us that literally sacrificed so that we could have the freedoms we have today. Do not forget that when you're flipping burgers or doing whatever it is you're doing on Monday. Guys, have a great weekend. God bless you all. We'll be back Monday, Rush to Reason. Otherwise, it is Sportsman of Colorado next, right here on KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.